0: Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. All right, hey everyone. This is episode seven. Thank you for listening once again. And I do want to give one more final thank you. The last few episodes, I've been thanking different people that have been helpful in making this podcast go. Today, I want to thank... You, the listeners, it has been so fun over these first few episodes to get feedback from you guys, to hear just how this has been helpful to you. We've heard a number of different people say that this has been helpful just in your own kind of personal time with the Lord right away. And honestly, that is the hope. That was why we did this. So it's really encouraging to hear that. And so thank you for listening, for subscribing. A handful of you rated it, you shared it, you talked to us about it. And that really is our hope here. And so I do want to encourage you once again, If this is helpful, please feel free, share it, get it to other people, and we would love to hear any encouragement that the Lord gives you, anything that sticks out. That's why we're doing this, is that so we as a community can learn about God, know God, and grow together. So thank you for listening. I'm excited for what the future holds with this podcast between us and you, the listener. So thank you. Okay, so let's jump in. Today we are in Colossians chapter one. We're going to start in verse four and go to the beginning of verse five, but verse three is really connected. That's the one that we talked about last episode. So let me start in verse three, but then we'll hone in on verse four through five. Paul says, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Okay, now here's verse four. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. If you're looking in your Bible, I stopped right in the middle of that verse, so we'll pick up the rest of verse 5 next episode, but today, what I want to look at in these few phrases is the three main words that maybe you noticed, faith, love, and hope. If that little virtue triad sounds familiar to you at all, my guess is that it comes from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, the love chapter. If you have read that before, at the end of that chapter, it says that these three things will remain. Like at the end of all things, it's these three that remain with the greatest of them being love. Now there's other places in the New Testament that puts these three virtues together. One is in 1 Thessalonians, another letter written by the apostle Paul. But instead of bouncing around too much, I want us just to hone in specifically in these verses and notice what Paul is communicating here with these virtues. Okay? So again, remember last episode we talked about Paul's prayers of thanksgiving for this church Now, we start to see what he is specifically thankful for in the Colossian church. And I think it's these three aspects. So let's start right away. He says first that he has heard of the faith in Christ. So that's the first thing he's thankful for in the church in Colossae. They've been offering these prayers to God for this church ever since he heard of the faith of this church. And I want you to think about that for a second. I mentioned this in a previous episode, but Paul has never met these Christians. So here he's merely getting reports about them. And the first thing he says is that we have heard about your faith. Do you think that that would be the first thing said about you? Like consider, like if someone were highlighting your life and they were telling another friend about you, would one of the first things they say is about your faith in Christ Jesus? Man, may, may that be true of so many of us. What a beautiful first highlight. He says, we have been thankful for you ever since we heard about your faith in Christ Jesus. It's not just that these Colossians have faith or that they are faithful. No, Paul says they have a specific faith in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a common theme in Paul, if you've read his letters. As we read his letters, he is shifting from this general call to being faithful or to God's faithfulness to a specific call to faith in the one Christ Jesus. Not just trying to be faithful, but having faith in the faithful one. Now, that vertical faith in Christ Jesus translates and motivates a horizontal action in these Christians. What is Paul thankful for next? The love that you have for all the saints. So he says their faith in Christ is not a mere intellectualism or a mental assent to Christian doctrine. Their faith in the truth of Christ has propelled them to love. So once again, ask yourself for a moment, why does faith in Christ propel love for others? That's the connection that Paul's making here. He says the faith in Christ Jesus and the love for all the saints, that's the the family of God, are connected. Why does faith in Christ propel a love for others? Well, I think it's because genuine faith in the person and gospel of Jesus Christ is a recognizing a glimpse of of the incomprehensible love of God for us. And when you realize that, the only proper response is a love for others, which on the flip side of that means a lack of love for people, most likely means a lack of understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I know in my own life, I really struggle to love and care for people at times. And really, the deeper issue at play there is not just a lack for that person. It's a misunderstanding of the gospel and God's love for me. And that's why for Paul, he usually centers his commands for Christians to care for one another, love one another, serve one another in the reality of the gospel. Because someone who grasps the gospel will be someone who then loves. 1 John says, we love because he first loved us. So I want us to stop here for a moment, and I want to bring this kind of into our lives. Uh, Very simply, I want you to ask... Are these two realities true of your life? Like as, as much as you can today, take an honest look at your life and ask yourself Is my life marked by faith in Christ Jesus and a love for the people of God? You know, would your spouse or your friend or your small group member tell someone about you and highlight your faith and your love? You know, if they are not, if that if that doesn't maybe mark you, I don't mean to shame you, but I actually want to show you one reason why that might be the case for you. So if you feel like, I mean, I don't know that people would say I'm marked by faith and love, Paul actually gives us a glimpse of what can help that. So if that's where you're at, there is hope here. And in fact, the answer is hope. Notice that he says this in verse five, that all of this is true because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Okay, so here's a a little Bible reading tip, okay? Anytime you see the word because or since or therefore or something like that, stop and look for the connection it's making. Because here, when he says because, it means that he is connecting something for us. So he highlights the church's faith in Christ and love for others, And says then, that's because, so as you read that, you stop and you say, okay, what's my connection? He has the word because here, so what's connecting before and after? For the sake of time, I'm just going to tell you. um, I think Paul is saying there that the fruit of their faith and love in Christ is because of the hope they have laid up in heaven. The, The hope is the motivation or fuel behind the faith and love. You notice that in there? So go back to my point here. If we lack faith and love, or if we just simply want to grow in our faith and love, what is the thing that drives those two realities in our life? Colossians one five says, the hope in heaven. Friends, our faith in Christ and love for each other is not dependent on the strength of our grip to Jesus or even the lovability of our fellow church members. It is dependent upon the hope we await for in heaven. And what is that hope? It's the hope that this life leads to an eternal life with God. It's the hope that my sin, guilt, and shame are eternally dealt with by God. It's the hope that the shadow of God's presence today becomes eternally experienced in full one day. It's the hope that all brokenness in relationships are eternally fixed, mended, and glorified. It's the hope that all the burdens of this life are eternally lifted from your shoulders. It's the hope that all the unknowns about the future in this life are minor in comparison to the known future of eternity for us. All of this that we have, this great hope of the gospel and what it's done, translates into us living a life of faith and therefore living out of love because we see the immense love that God has for us. That's the hope laid up for us in heaven. You know, one of the clearest ways to see this hope in heaven, I think is described in the Jesus Storybook Bible for kids. I read this with my son every night. And here's what it says about the hope we have in heaven. It says, and the king says, look, God and his children are together again. No more running away or hiding. No more crying or being lonely or afraid. No more being sick or dying because all those things are gone. Yes, they're gone forever. Everything sad has come untrue. And see, I have wiped away every tear from every eye. Friends, it is that hope that awaits us. It's that hope that helps us to put our trust in Jesus today and therefore begin to love others in greater ways. So can I encourage you to end today? Would you set your eyes on the hope of heaven? Today, dwell on the reality of what awaits us. And pray then that the Lord might use that to transform you into a person of faith and love through hope. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.